Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics. Tonight we have a fantastic, exciting show. We have Mr. Josh Bernstein, Amazon TV talk show host, political analyst. He'll be here in, in a couple of minutes. Well, we finally had the circus. The circus just came to town. And if anyone is not aware, the Democrat debates just started. And the first tier basically was really not enjoyable. Pretty boring. You know, we have Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, talking about Che Guevara in Miami, where the majority of the Cuban exiles live. Is he, is he an idiot or what? I knew that. He is an idiot. But he was out there talking about Che Guevara, a mass murder. Okay? Fidel Castro's sidekick. Come on. And then we have Cory Booker from Newark, New Jersey, the former mayor and now state senator. Another joke. You know, I mean, it's comedy. I mean, get your popcorn out and sit back and just start laughing because tonight is not going to be any different with, you know, Creepy Joe and Uncle, <laughs> Uncle uh, Grandpa Bernie. You know, it's, it's, it's just, and this is supposed to be the competition that's going to challenge President Trump? Are, we, are, are you kidding me? This is a, a political party that has, has actually not done anything, has not passed any bills for the past two years. I mean, the, the, their platform is basically illegal aliens and impeachment. That's it. That's what they have accomplished, if you consider that accomplishing anything. So I, I just find it amusing, totally amusing. Now, this whole situation in the southern border, that has a lot of people, more Democrats from the party, local members, really, really feeling that the crisis is really coming to their neighborhood. You know, we had a mayor from one of the border towns in Arizona who was complaining that they were dumping all these illegals in their town. Well, I thought you were four sanctuary cities. Well, there it is. Take them. They're your problem now. But it seems, it appears that Democrats tend to want the illegals, but they don't want to be responsible for them. Like, not in my backyard? You know, send it to all the conservatives. No, not, not in my area. So you see the hypocrisy, the double standard that we have to deal with. But I think, I think 2020, and I said it on, the, on my show, it's going to be a, a, a landslide unless there's voter fraud. And, and, and President Trump and, and the Republican Party has to take that into account. That's the only way that he will, would not win. Otherwise, it'll be a landslide, especially with the, the comedy team, the contenders, the supposed so-called contenders that are part of the uh, nominees to get the nomination for the Democratic Party. So um, it's, it's, it's a joke. On the other side of the, um, the world, the Iranians. I said it last week. President Trump has to send a certain warning, a serious warning to the, to the regime in Tehran. We will not tolerate anything from that from your government. And if that happens, I think they'll they'll take the uh, they'll, they'll they'll be very cautious in how they deal with the United States. So I'm hoping that he sends a stern warning to them, uh, a serious warning. But anyway, let me bring in Mr. Josh Bernstein. Josh, how are you? 
I'm doing fantastic. Great to be on the program with you. All right. Can you tell us a little about your resume here? Um, Amazon TV talk show host, political analyst, professional speaker, and national spokesman for AMAC. Um, basically, uh, how, how did you get started, and, and and how long have you been doing well, it? Um, I started uh, just writing, uh, just writing for certain publications, uh, The Examiner, Tea Party Tribune, Breitbart, and a couple mm-hmm. others. Uh, and then um, slowly from writing, uh, I ended up uh, co-hosting a show out of Alabama on the, on the radio and also blog talk at the time. And um, I did that for about 10 months, and then uh, I went out on my own and did my own radio show. And uh, I did that for a while and eventually got into doing television. And um, I've done about 2,500 radio interviews and over 50 TV interviews. And, uh, you know, I'm a truth seeker and a truth teller. And, um, you know, I do a lot of investigative journalism. And uh, so for that, I'm demonetized on YouTube. I'm shadow banned on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm right. constantly in the, uh, the gulag for 30 days at a clip on Facebook. And uh, so I've got the arrows pointing at me, but, um, you know, I survive. Uh, I do what I do, and uh, I keep uh, pushing forward, and I expose lots of things that uh, the others in the media don't cover. I always say that my tagline to my show is the Josh Bernstein show starts where the rest of the media ends, meaning where they leave off on the story, I pick up, and I bring out more details and, and things of that nature. So that that part of it, investigation journalism, for some strange reason, is practically dead with the major with the mainstream media. You're very unique in what you do, uh, and there's a couple of others that are doing similar things like you are, but the majority of the media does not take the time to actually investigate because they don't want to. Am I correct? Yeah, I think clearly that's the case. Uh, I think a lot of uh-huh. it's just uh, laziness, shoddy journalism. I always say as far as the alphabets and CNN and MSLSD, yeah. as I like to call them, uh, I always <laughs> say that you know if you get a story wrong once in a while, then it's, you know, it's a mistake. If it happens routinely, then it's shoddy journalism. And if it happens almost every day, then it's a sick, twisted, evil attempt to right. uh, misinterpret the, you know, the facts, lie to the American people, and, uh, and mislead you know, the people that are entrusting you to give them accurate news and factual statements. So, um, again, none of the media could hold up to the Josh Bernstein show. I would put them all to shame. Um, <laughs> you know, for instance, I'll give you for instance, you know, we're talking about this, uh, this 60s radical floozy. Uh, e. Jean Carroll. Now, the media, yeah. all they really have told you is that, you know, she had an advice column and she mm-hmm. said that uh, President Trump raped her in uh, Bergdorf uh, Goodman, right? That's all you heard. Right. But mm-hmm. did you also know that she used to have pictures of Bill O'Reilly on the wall in her Warwick, New York house where she lives alone in the woods? There's a, there's a shocker. And uh, she shoots bow and arrows at celebrities on television that she doesn't like. Did you also know that she convinced the boyfriends, the past boyfriends, who many of which are now married and uh, you know have other relationships, she convinced many of them to allow her to live with them temporarily and right. said that it was for research for her book, The Loves of My Life. Did you also know that she has a dating app that she co-created with uh, the New York Magazine and L, by the way, and it's called Damn Love, and mm-hmm. it's on Android and, and iPhone, and it's actually the opposite of a matchmaking app. It's actually designed to break people up rather <laughs> than keep them together. As a matter of fact, she's been quoted as calling it, quote, Cupid with a poison arrow. Uh, <laughs> she also wrote for Saturday Night Live for a short stint, she had a right. television show in the 1990s on TV, and again, she's a 
advice and love columnist since 1992 or 1993 for Elle magazine, which is a fashion magazine that is extremely far left. Now, again, that's all the extra things that the media hasn't told you. Oh, and by the way, the most recent, they found out that in 1990 or so, there was an episode of Law and Order that literally shows in that clip that the guy at the time, Kevin Pollack, the actor who's much younger then, says, was did the rape happen at Bergdorf, uh, you know, in, in that store? They, she literally plagiarized a story from Law and Order. I believe it was uh, season 11, episode 13. People can look it up. And clearly she made the entire thing up and she plagiarized from a Law and Order episode that talked about exactly the same thing, Bergdorf and rape. And here she is all these years later saying Bergdorf and rape. Look, she's got the credibility of Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. She's got, uh, you know, no credibility whatsoever. And uh, she's been dismissed. I mean, she just went and, and even even CNN's Anderson Cooper had, you know, had to cut her off when she said that rape is sexy. So this, <laughs> this woman's not wrapped too tight. Well, Josh, we have a caller, 843-251. Do you have a question for, uh, for Josh? Well, I want to say I think she's genetically modified. <laughs> like a lizard person? <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. okay. I'm oh, well. listening. Go ahead. Uh, all right, great. So, Josh, I, I want to touch in regards to the investigation uh, journalist uh, that, that has been lost, has disappeared, and is dead. Um, this, this whole scenario of the, the pictures that they keep popping in the media, in the mainstream media, which is basically the, the father and the, the son, I believe, or the daughter, that basically they were trying to cross the Rio Grande River, and they got, you know, supposedly, they're, you know, they're, they die. And, and, and this whole thing has happened before where they basically created these pictures so they can be, so everyone can be outraged right. and be outraged at, uh, at President Trump. What's your take on, 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 on that particular picture, the photo? Well, look, this picture reminds me of the little Syrian baby found on the beach that was dead. And, you know, they said, oh, look what President Trump did by attacking Syria and all this other mm-hmm. crap. And it also reminds me of the Palestinians and the fact that the AP works with the PLO and, uh, you know, and the Hamas groups and things like that to get pictures of dead babies and uh, of bombed out buildings and things like that. But it's, it, but it's all photoshopped. It's all photoshopped. The real images that you see in other areas of the news show that, you know, that nothing happened, that that didn't happen. So, look, it's another situation, uh, a sad situation, where this uh, guy and his and his daughter died. They, they got across, and then, from what I gather, he went back to get the wife, and the current took them, and they ended up drowning. Now, here's my thought process on it. They'd still be alive if they didn't try to sneak into America and cross right. the Rio Grande. So, if you're asking me if I have sympathy, yes, I have sympathy, of course, for any child that is put into a dangerous situation like that and unfortunately loses their life. But, again, they were breaking the law. They were coming into a country that did not invite them to come into. And this picture is supposed to be used to tug at the heartstrings of every liberal in America and, for that matter, many of these open border Republicans to, quote, do something. Uh, it's so tiresome. It's ridiculous. And, um, you know, look, we, we need to not only build the border wall, which is happening. There's been new video. As a matter of fact, President Trump just tweeted out uh, a video that literally shows them building the wall right now today as we speak. So that is happening. Um, but more than anything else, we need to get rid of birthright citizenship. We've got mm-hmm. to revoke chain migration. We've got to get rid of this visa lottery uh, we've got to build the wall, of course. And look, I hope President Trump, I know that he said that he was going to temporarily put a hold on uh, the deportations. 
Now, mind you, these are criminal aliens that have already been issued deportation orders by a judge. So they're obviously people that should not be in the country. I hope President Trump goes after them and deports them all by 2020. Now, I would start in the red states first, okay? I would go to Hmm. Idaho. I would go to Montana. I'd go to Georgia. I'd go to Arizona. I would go to all the red states and get rid of all of these criminal aliens. And then once that was done, then I would go to the swing states. Forget the blue states right now. I'd go to the swing (laughs) states. I'd go to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, you know, Michigan, South Carolina, North Carolina, New Hampshire. And I would wipe out all the illegal aliens out of those states because if you don't do that by the time 2020 goes around – then you're going to have those people still here. They're going to be voting Democrat. They're going to be voting dead. They're going to be voting illegally. And we've got to get rid of these people so that they don't have the mechanism that they need in order to facilitate the amount of voter fraud that they want to propose to do against us and, of course, the president. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's exactly what I, what, I, what I said when, when it, in my monologue, that in my opinion – I, 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 I truly believe that he can win in a landslide due to the inefficiency uh, or lack of inefficiency on the part of, uh, of the Democrats. But the only part that I'm cautious about is the part of the voter fraud. You know, the, 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 uh, the amount, the number of illegals, especially the dreamers, that they want to basically uh, make them citizens or to be able to vote. And then you have you have states like California already that are basically giving uh, driver's license to to illegals. So you know, I mean, we can kiss forget about California. California is a dead state. I mean, it's totally worthless when it comes to uh, any election nowadays for the Republicans. So I, I'm totally in, in, in agreement with you on that. Uh, really quick, let, let's touch on, on on the international part, uh, which. Really, you know, the situation that Israel is constantly ha- dealing with their enemies, and then mm-hmm. we have Iran. I'm, I'm for President Trump, and President Trump is the greatest, has been to this point, in my opinion, the best friend of Israel so far. Um, but I think, I think the fact that that, that the Iranians and the Syrians tend to basically tr- uh, intimidate or try to intimidate Israel has to basically President Trump has to really send us a, a strong stern message to the regime in Tehran. Well, here, my thoughts are this, um, you know, the reason that he pulled back from the attack. Now his mm-hmm. stated reason to the media was that he asked his generals how many people would die, 150, sir. Okay, I don't think shooting down a drone is worth it to get into that conflict. Now, that's the stated reason that the media and everyone else is going to report on, but that's not the real reason. The real reason that he didn't do this is because he knows that these war-hawking neocon Republicans want war, number one, because war is good for business, number two. They're going to make right. money in defense contracts, number three. And many Democrats want the war as well. And the reason that these never-Trumper neocon war hawks, along with the liberal Democrats, want the war is because they know that if President Trump gets involved in a prolonged crisis and war, that his poll numbers are going to go down and he's not going to be reelected in 2020. So I can assure you, if we get into any kind of prolonged war in the Middle East, you're not looking at a 2020 president victory for President Trump. So President Trump was smart enough not to take the bait, because that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. And instead, what did he do? Well, he attacked them online through cyber attacks and, uh, you know, disrupted their launch pad sequences and things like that. And he also passed more sanctions, including on the Ayatollah and the Iran Revolutionary Guard and those folks that are the mullahs in the country. I believe in regime change, but I don't Mm -hmm. believe in a military regime change from the United States. I think what we ought to do is arm the people 
that are pro-Western in Iran and let mm-hmm. them change their own government and let them take out their own mullahs, okay? That's where I think uh, the smart thing would be. Because here's the thing. If we get into a war with Iran, now you've dragged Israel into the middle of it. You're going to have a Sunni-Shia conflict, right? Because you're going to have Jordan, you're going to have Syria, which are uh, Sunni. And then you're going to have, like, Bahrain, and you're going to have Yemen, and you're going to have, of course, Iran, which are Shia, uh, okay, as opposed to the Sunnis. Now you're going to have Saudi Arabia, which is, uh, again, Sunni as well. So it's going to be a Sunni-Shia conflict with America in the middle of this quagmire and poor little Israel, uh, you know, getting it from both sides. So President Trump was smart to show reserve uh, and show restraint and basically sent them another warning that, look, we're not playing around, but we're not going to let you build your weapons systems, and we're not going to jump into this tiger cage. So, again, I think he defeated the left in both parties by outsmarting them. Yeah, I think I think he they were basically since, like I said, the Democrats don't have an option. I mean, they don't have anything to work with. I mean, their platform is based on impeachment and illegal aliens. That's 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 all. They don't have anything. And they've been basically, in my opinion, I I believe that they're at a a point where impeachment is not going to happen. So they can kiss that goodbye. No. So, so there's uh, no way it would happen. Exactly. So that's good uh, uh, in regards to uh, the international. Now, in, did you get a chance to watch the uh, the comic the comical circus that arrived in Miami yesterday? Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> had to. I get paid to watch it, so uh-huh. uh, it was a little less painful. But look, uh, it's as if literally you could probably find better candidates. For the presidency, if you took a paddy wagon and you drove up to Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital and you met with some of the inmates and you said, excuse me, who here would like to run for president? Raise your hand. And maybe 10 or 15 inmates would then raise their hand and you say, okay, come on, get in the wagon. We're going to Washington. Because literally the amount of sanity that was displayed last night was probably less than what you would find in a psychiatric ward like Bellevue. Those are my thoughts. Now, again, it was all the same thing. It was nothing but government solves all the problems, uh, private sector is evil, uh, it's the 1% versus the 99%, the us versus them, the class warfare, you know, the, the Green New Deal, Medicare for all. You know, 70% tax rate, it was all the same garbage. But what I did find interesting, and one part Mm -hmm. that was really a classic moment, was when one of the moderators asked, if you replaced uh, the health insurance, and would you give up your private health insurance (laughs) to go on a government plan? And uh, out of 10 people, only uh, Focahontas from the Liarwatha tribe and uh, Bill DeBlowhard were the only two that put their hands up and said that they would go on the public option. The rest of them completely kept their hands down. Just, just goes to show you they don't even have the conviction of their position. So uh, it was a disaster. Unfortunately, there's another disaster happening tonight that I'm going to have to sit through as well. Uh, but, Josh, Josh, I, I don't believe Pocahontas. I mean, she lied about, you know, her her actual, you know, that she was a Native American. And, and then Bill de Blasio, the guy who doesn't even reveal his true name, come on. Right. <laughs> These are two, I, 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 I wouldn't trust their word uh, or believe anything that comes out of their mouth. Also, the this whole thing with the um, the predicting that Joe Biden is and 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 Bernie Sanders, it's the they're going to be the saviors of, and they're going to really do a job on President Trump. I I just don't see that. How about you? No, I don't see that. But look, here's the thing. I would hope, out of everyone running, that Joe Biden, creepy Joe, you know, pedo Joe, <laughs> sniffing hair, whatever you want to call him. I would hope that he would be the one that would win the nomination for the Democrats because you're now looking at a situation where you have Hillary 2.0. 
you have someone that no doubt in my mind is going to get wrapped up in scandal after scandal after scandal in Operation right. Boomerang as John Durham and, and uh, William Barr and the rest of the investigators are going to look into what happened in 2016. There's no way that Joe Biden could sit there for eight long years and say that he didn't know what was going on and had no clue about any spying. He's going to get wrapped up on it. Now, my only hope is that he's wrapped up in it a month or two before the election, and that dominates the news cycle. And he'll go in like a wounded duck, just like Hillary did, under indictment, hopefully, which or under investigation, I should say. And we'll have back-to-back right. Democrats under investigation going into the 2020 election. Now, here's what's even better. Let's hope that they steal the nomination away from breadline Bernie for the second time in a row. <laughs> and he finally says, you know what? That's it. I've had enough. I'm going to run as an independent. And let's hope that he goes out there and runs as an independent, and he takes the wild, loony, wacky, crazy base with him and brings right. a large percentage of the Democratic vote with him to vote for independence. And he runs as an independent, and forget about it. Trump will absolutely crush it if Bernie Sanders runs as an as a independent and Joe Biden is their nominee. Oh, I, I totally... I think I, I, I read somewhere where Bernie Sanders said that if he doesn't get the nomination, basically... They're not going to vote for Democrats at all. And, and that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a, a, a landslide if that happens, totally, which I think, I think, I think uh, the powers to be within the Democratic uh, Party, the DNC, will actually do it again to Bernie Sanders because Joe is the establishment candidate. And I don't think Tom Perez, the DNC chairman, it's going to go against that. I think he's going to follow. Um, Josh, one of the things that, that we discussed, socialism and, and capitalism, we had a, a vice admiral last week here who has vast experience traveling all over the world, and he gave us a recount of his history, the history of socialism, how it started, how it built, where do they target and one of the things mm -hmm. that he brought up that really caught my attention was that they first start with basically the educational system, and then they move into the media. In your observation, where, where do you think socialism is currently in the United States, especially with the, 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 the sudden jump in popularity of AOC? Hello? Hello? I'm here. Oh, okay. Hello? Yeah. Josh. Okay. Uh, we lost Josh. <laughs> Let me call him back right now. For some strange reason, we lost him right now. So um, we'll get him back and see what happened. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, hey, I don't know. Sorry about that. The phone dropped and the battery popped out. I don't know. I guess. Hello. Uh, okay. We seem to be having a little community. Hold on. Yeah, Josh. Okay, you there? Yeah. Sorry about that. Sure. No problem. So I, I know you got to go soon. I, I no, no. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I'll give you an extra ten minutes on that one because that was my fault. 
yeah. the phone fell and it knocked the battery out of the back of the phone. So I had to <laughs> put it all back in and, and all that. So I'll give you another five, seven minutes. Sorry, I apologize for that. That was my fault. No problem. No problem. The, what, the Democrats got to me. I was bashing the Democrats too much. <laughs> hey, I always, I always get bashed. I mean, I always get attacked because I'm always bashing the, uh, I don't call them Democrats anymore. I call them Democrats. Um, but <laughs> what, I w- what, I w- what I was asking you was in regards to socialism, last week we yes. had someone who, ha- who had a uh, vast experience, a vice admiral in the United States Navy, and he said that in his experience in countries that were moving towards socialism, like Venezuela when it started with Chavez, mm-hmm. uh, yep. that they start with the education and then they work slowly into academia and then they into the media. Uh, where do you see socialism today, especially with the rise of AOC? Yeah. Where do well, you I see, see a uh, whole generation of brainwashed children that have been, uh, you know, subjected to the indoctrination centers masquerading as public education. Um, you know, they graduate high school with a degree in uh, democratic studies. <laughs> and then they go off to college, and now they want to pay for free college, so they get indoctrinated even more, and we got to pay for it. But that's a story for another day. So yeah. they end up going to college, and they get to meet their Marxist ponytail-wearing or pink-hair-wearing professor who is a Marxist and tells them that the Constitution is an inherently racist document that needs right. to be changed over time. And, uh, you know, they don't typically figure things out until after they graduate and they start working and paying taxes and having a family and all that other stuff. But, uh, you know, the scary part is is that this whole generation has embraced socialism. And, mm-hmm. you know, one way to think about it is socialism sounds wonderful to the untrained ear. So in other words, someone says, candidate A says, I'm going to give you free health care. I'm going to give you free college. I'm going to give you free housing. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make your life wonderful. I'm going to make everything fair. Everything's going to be great. And we're going to have unicorns and strawberries and rainbows. Okay? The other guy, candidate B, says, I'm going to remove all the obstacles in your life that are keeping you from achieving your dreams. And now all of a sudden, to the untrained ear, the voter goes, well, one guy wants to give me everything, the other guy wants to take something away to make my life, hmm, I don't know. Um, I think I'll go with the guy that wants to give me everything. And that's how the left wins. They use language. They make things sound wonderful, right? The Affordable Care Act. Everybody can afford it. Don't worry about the fact that there's 300 to 600% increases in your premiums and you can't keep your doctor. It's the Affordable Care Act, right? The Mm -hmm. Defense of Marriage Act. Oh, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Like it's going to defend marriage. No, what it does is it actually undoes DOMA. The, the Defense uh, you know, of Marriage Act, okay? Right. The Respect for Marriage Act. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. The Respect for Marriage Act was something the left was pushing. Makes it sound like what? It's going to respect marriage. But what it does, hidden in the bill, is it actually you know, undoes and repeals DOMA, which is the Defense of Marriage Act. And so this is how they win. They call um, the union bill... The, uh, the Employee Free Choice Act, right? No, I'm sorry. It's called card check, which basically <laughs> means that union thugs can come into your business and force you to unionize. But yet, they use colorful language, and they do what? They call it the Free Choice Act. It's your choice, and it's free. It's just amazing how they get away with using language to manipulate and fool the masses. Well, they have the help of the – they have the help. Uh, uh, A43, do you have a a comment or a question for Josh? I would like to talk about uh, Project Veritas and about Google and YouTube and what Facebook is doing. Um, You know, 
they are not regulated under the government. And, and you know, and I know this is a part of the plan, the ball, the deep state. It was, you know, it's part of the plan. But, um, you know, Google it took down videos from 25 years ago that was very educational. And, you know, they were on YouTube, whatever. And, you know, that the media giant, Trump is going to win the presidency. There's no stupid Democrat going to win, okay? Before that happens, the Civil War will take place, and I will be leading it. <laughs> Second thing, those pictures of those, that baby that washed up on the beach, that was during the Obama era when he was letting people in off the ship, off a boat. Uh, right. A, a baby um, washed up on the beach. So, mm-hmm. and what the Democrats is things that are like, you know, uh, only one that spoke halfway decent. And she was talking about everything that Trump ran for back in 2016 that he's already done. The Democratic Party needs to be charged with treason on this list. And half of the Republicans. Right. What's your, what's your take on that? Is, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were done already. No. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Well, look, your, my take is your, that yeah. censorship is out of control. Uh, I'm a victim of it. I'm demonetized on YouTube. And, again, I'm shadow banned on Twitter. And, you know, I don't even bother with Facebook anymore. That's how bad it is. Uh, but I still get my message out. I get 1.5 million views a month. And uh, I'm approaching 100,000 on one of my channels. I'm on Amazon. I'm a public figure, I do radio, television, all that other good stuff. But there's a lot of people that aren't like me that just want to be able to get out there and do a video and not have it censored. And I'm not a fan of a government takeover of Silicon Valley, okay? I do not want to see that happen because I'm a realist, I'm a limited government guy, but I also look at the fact that let's say the government comes in and takes over and breaks up the companies, which, again, they need to be broken up. Don't get me wrong on that. But they don't need to be controlled and censored by government. In other words, I don't want a fairness doctrine, so to speak. Because here's the thing. If you think censorship is bad now, what happens when President Trump is no longer president in the future and we have some leftist Marxist radical communist that comes into office and he goes, oh, look, we now own all of social media. Now, if you think censorship is bad now, it would be even worse. So there's a couple of things we can do. The first thing we can do is make it easier to sue these Silicon Valley companies when they censor us. Now, that's something that Senator Josh Howley from Missouri has come out with, a bill to put that together. President Trump and his team have obviously taken notice. They're doing an Internet censorship summit. Uh, Hopefully something good will come out of that. I think we need a non-binding resolution for an Internet Bill of Rights that basically says that they will abide by these rules because... Ultimately, they're in violation of Section 302 of the Communications Decency Act because they're acting as both the police and a publisher. Okay, you're either a platform or you're a publisher. You can't be both. So they're in violation of that as well. Uh, I think more than anything else, competition is the best way to slay the giant. The problem with that, and again, this is something that I've worked out a lot of different ways, is we're too fractured. Conservatives are too fractured. You know, we've got, um, you know, MeWe. You know, we've got Parler. We've got Gab. We've got this one. We've got that one. But we don't have one that can be the anchor. We don't have one that is so big and so robust that we can actually take millions of people in one shot and say, hey, guess what? This is where we're all going to. We're going to this one platform, and that's how you slay the giant. It's almost like a tug-of-war. You need a big, giant, fat guy at the back end of the tug-of-war to grab the rest of them and pull them into the mud. Well, that fat guy needs to be one of these other alternative media sites and platforms that doesn't censor people. But the problem is we're too fractured. So what I would suggest, if anyone's listening and wants to help out with this, is that we have a meeting of the top 50 to 100 conservative minds in the country. And we all get together... And we exclude the media. They're not allowed to be part of it. 
And we meet in Washington or New York or L.A. or Chicago or Dallas, wherever we meet in a closed-door conference room for a day or two. And we all decide and vote at that time. And we come out of that meeting and we say, this is where we're all going to go. And then we tell all the people that love us and, and listen to us and support us and say, hey, in the next 72 hours, we are shutting down and we are going to X platform. We hope that you all join us. Now, could you imagine if Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all these other ones lost millions, and I'm talking 25 to 40 million people all at once immediately? That's how you slay the dragon, folks. We need to have a plan in place that is that robust in order to yeah. do this. Otherwise, we're just lost in the wilderness of big tech, and we don't have a voice. But Josh, Josh, I love the idea. I definitely uh, would be really interested in, in pushing that. But I think we definitely need the funding, the money, to really get the message, even get the message. Even with our outlets that we have, we still need some money come to basically get out the message even mm -hmm. more. I mean, that's my, 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 my take on that. But I love the idea right. of, bring, of bringing all these conservatives that, that can actually uh, have so many different creative ideas on how to really get our message out there. So, but anyway, I, I don't want to hold you up. I know, I know you have to go. Yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate for you taking the time. Yeah, to I've got a TV program. interview to do. So. All right. Thank you. And always... Um, Whenever you want to come back, let me know. Yeah, I always say anytime, any topic. And, folks, if you want to help me defeat censorship, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Josh Bernstein, J-O-S-H-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. Please support the show over there. You'll find all of my work there, all my videos there, and you can support me and help me defeat censorship because, again, in times of universal deceit, telling the mm -hmm. truth becomes a revolutionary act. Josh, we're gonna put, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, we're gonna add to your show and your information on our website. So this way, uh, I appreciate that. All right, Josh. Thank you again for coming. Okay. Thank All you. Right, have a good evening. All right. Okay. Bye. bye. That that was Josh Bernstein. What a what a. What an interesting segment. But in the last uh, 17 minutes that we have, we're going to discuss this whole push for socialism in our country. And that has nothing to do, that has nothing to do with being against one party or being against another party. It has to do with the reality of what socialism is all about. We look at the case of Venezuela. Venezuela, a, a very, very dr driven, progressive, I mean, it was one of the richest countries in South America. Look at where it's the country today. The country today has really become a shithole, a total shithole. Why? The first president that was elected and he basically, the way he sold, like, just like Josh Bernstein said it, they make it sound really good. Oh, everyone is going to get everything for free. It's going to happen. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to cost anything. So Venezuela had a certain number of middle, uh, a, a very nice number of middle class, a middle class. And, and then it became, it started to dwindle. It started to dwindle. And I know a couple of people that lived in Venezuela when Venezuela was basically growing. And, 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 and it was basically one of the, like I said, one of the richest countries in, in Latin America. And then Chavez, Hugo Chavez, he came and told the people of Venezuela, we have lived with all these capitalists who have ripped us off, have 
stolen from us. They have made us poor. Well, that's going to change because I'm going to give everyone everything and anything that they need. Well, initially, when the middle class was there and the, and the, and the rich were there, yeah, it was, it was working. But then they keep taxing. They kept taxing. They kept taxing the middle class and the rich, and people started to leave. As a matter of fact, Venezuelans that were middle class and rich left for the United States. They left for Europe. They left for other parts of the world. What happened? Five years later, the people of Venezuela are starting to see that the dream of getting everything for free was gone. Poverty started to creep up. Then Chavez died. Then his second-in-command, Maduro, took over. So I'm giving you a brief history of what, had, what transpired, what, how Venezuela was a, a very democratic capitalist country, and then they moved towards socialism and the results of it. So Maduro steps in. Maduro wants to keep that hope, wants to keep that hope, wants to move forward, telling the people everything's going to be okay. We're going to go ahead. We're going to do this. We're going to make it, make it, make it, uh, make it again, a, 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 a rich country again. Everyone's going to be equal. Everyone's going to be equal. Okay? That was the key word right there. Everyone is going to be equal. We're going to be a country where everyone's going to have everything. What happens after that? Today, Venezuela, people are eating from garbage disposals. There's no food. There's no medicine. Of course, if you're with the, if you are with the current regime, you basically are taken care of. You're basically given everything. But if you're not part of that regime, you are living on the streets. So today's Venezuela. It's totally different from the Venezuela of 20 years ago, okay? And that, that is the reality. That is the freaking reality of Venezuela today. So for all these, all these millennials that think that Bernie Sanders, by promising that everyone's going to get and not have to pay for college, it's not going to have to pay for medicine. It's not going to have to pay for nothing. Look at the history of Venezuela. And if you cannot learn, or if you don't want to learn from that experience of that country and their people. I mean, we have Venezuelans today here who are saying, you know what? We left Venezuela because of socialism. We wanted to stay there, but no, nothing of what was said came true. So I really believe that 2020, 2020 is going to be a critical period, the critical election in our country. And if you don't believe that and don't want to accept that and don't want to go out there and vote, we then will have a socialist, communist, Marxist individual like Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie Sanders, I mean, he can play it off with this socialist Democrat and that he's an independent. And this, 
but he's truly a communist. He believes in communism. His honeymoon, he went to Cuba for his honeymoon. Why would you want to go to Cuba for your honeymoon? Where Fidel Castro is treating his people in such a way that is totally, totally, in, 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 it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous um, to to have these so-called Democrats that are basically, in reality, communists. So that's going to be my take on socialism for now. Let me get back to another topic that really, <laughs> really boils my blood every time. And it's this whole situation with illegal aliens. Um, you know, if you want to come to, to our country or you want to go to any country, you have to come in the legal way. You know, the, the Democrats and the socialists have, have basically are conditioning people all over the world that they could come here by just sneaking through through the southern border, you know, just basically, hey, because we're having now, we have caravans from Central America, from Honduras, from San Salvador, from all these third world countries. Now we have African caravans, okay? So how do you think, the, I mean, do you think these people from Africa can't, can go to Mexico, so many of them, someone is paying for their trip so they can cross the border? Oh, come on. This is not, this is not, this is not something that is basically, it happens one, one day, one night, all these people decide, we're going to go to the U.S. We're going to go to America. Yeah? I mean, they're, they're coming from impoverished countries. A flight, you know, the cost of flying from Africa to to Mexico is not cheap, or to the United States, and they're basically now they have their own caravan. So this is this is a joke. This is out, it's out of control. Totally, it's impacting communities in the United States. Okay, uh, the cost of education, the taxes go up. I mean, when is this good? This when is this going to stop? You know, we have to really make sure that we elect individuals to Congress that are basically pro-American, that believe in preserving and defending a country. Hey, I'm for people coming here. I'm for but they have to come here legally. You know, that, that incident with the, the father and the, and, and, and the daughter or the son, that's not, that's not the United States' fault. That's not Donald Trump. That's not the American people's fault. That's the, the irresponsibility. I mean, the, the carelessness of, of this individual to allow, to know that the Rio Grande, you know, that's, that's not a pretty easy cross. You know, you're taking your chance. You're putting your right. You're putting your daughters or your sons, your kids' lives in danger, in yourself. And you still went ahead and did it. Okay, why don't you stay in your country, fix your country? I mean, there's no reason why all these individuals cannot get together and basically create a revolution within their own country and bring. What they're looking for, they're looking for jobs, they're looking for, you know, quality, quality life, stability, you know, you have to do that. I mean, you have, you can't just basically start just running away and, and, and it's like I, I tell people who are, who are pro-illegal, I say, if you want to, if you believe in that, right, let me ask you something, let me ask you directly. Are you going to allow them to come to your house and stay for free? Are you going to open up your doors and basically give them time, money, food? And most of the people say no. So, again, like I was, we were discussing with Josh, 
Yeah. These candidates, they are for everyone basically paying the high premiums that Obamacare. But when they ask them who would basically give up their government, their government, their free government health care, all these politicians that are the nominees for the Democratic Party, and they said, no, only two, which I don't believe them, because I know their history, but these individuals are preaching and pushing, you know, to have Obamacare, but they do not want to have Obamacare. They want to have their free health care that we pay for them. So that's how two-faced they are. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They talk from one side of their mouth, but in reality, they, they, they don't mean what they're saying. So the whole immigration situation can be fixed. Okay? We, we basically have to tackle this whole situation with, with uh, mass chain migration. All right? Just because one person who came here illegally can ba- basically bring the whole family and everyone? No. Who's going to pay? Who's, who's paying for that? Everyone who gets up every morning and, and has to pay or has to work very hard to earn that money. And they are basically not going to work. They're going to sit back and collect. I mean, collect welfare. Collect these things. And yes, there are some that actually are out there working hard. But there's a majority of them that are not. Okay? And the part about mass chain migration that really upsets me is that I have an aunt that's 93 years old, okay? I, I have a sister who's basically told me that her Medicaid was taken out, uh, was basically re- uh, eliminated because it, it had to be, you know, and she lives in New York City, so she was like, why are you taking this? I don't make a lot of money. But little later we find out that New York City now is providing to illegals health care and driver's license under the guidance of Mr. Bill de Blasio, the mayor who was one of the comedians who was not that funny yesterday when he said that he would give up his, his health care but then I don't believe him because he doesn't even use his real name, you know? So I, I just, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting 2020, but I think we're looking at the nominees that are going to go up against Donald Trump. And it's just laughable. On the other hand, let me uh, talk to you in re- Away from politics. So these two weeks, I've been watching the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. I've been watching other soccer tournaments because I'm a big soccer, football, baseball. I love I love sports. Um, but it's one of the things that really upsets me is the fact that when these athletes involve politics. We have one of the women in the U.S. women that refuses to put her hand on her chest when the national anthem. I mean, you know, if you if you don't want to if you don't want to represent your country and listen and 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 stand there and put your hands on on your chest and sing to the national anthem, then you shouldn't be there. I don't see why keep your personal feelings to yourself. You're representing the country. Do not involve politics. And then when they asked uh, asked her about going to the White House, if they win, she said she wouldn't go. I mean, she she cursed. I mean, how how unclassy is that? 
very trashy. So I don't see, you know, as much as I want the U.S. to win, I really don't care for this uh, soccer player. She really totally has become a disgusting human being. Okay. So um, anyway, next week we'll have another interesting guest. You'll find out about it. God bless America. And we'll see each other next week. Have a great weekend. July 4th is coming up. Enjoy. Be careful. And God bless America. Good night.